Let's roll on a Wednesday. It's Plank Show on the Ref. Uh, real quick, before we get to the top five stories of the day, two things that stood out from yesterday, yesterday, that we need to get to. Number one. Number one. Uh, number one, Josh, did you get a chance to watch Swamp Kings? On Netflix. No, and you know what? I've got so many documentaries I need to get through. I still got to watch the Johnny Manziel doc. There's probably mm -hmm. three or four others before that. I, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I finally finished the American Gladiators documentary, which right. was fabulous. No, I haven't seen it. In, in okay. Short answer, no. I I started, but last night I had uh, I had uh, the fill in, so I had a bolt. But I'm a. I'm not intrigued anymore. I think I'm out. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah, so this was just real quick, and, and Toby brought this up earlier. But Jim Weber, who used to do the website LostLetterman.com, and I, I don't know what happened to it, but it just one day disappeared. So I, I have no idea where it went. But he dropped this tweet last night, and it's honestly one of those things to, to where – I don't know. I, I think it can hurt an overall entity when you promote something like Netflix has Swamp King and it doesn't – it's clickbait. I, I just hit me. It's like clickbait. You know, there's a point where you're like, ah, all right, enough of this. According to Jim Weber, there is no mention of Aaron Hernandez besides Tim Tebow taking blame for their bar fight in 2007. There isn't anything in the documentary about the Pouncey twins, which, what? Cam Newton's stolen laptop and that whole saga, not addressed. The issue when Percy Harvey attacked the wide receivers coach, not talked about. The entire 2010 season, not mentioned. That included Urban Meyer going after Jeremy Fowler at practice and Chris Rainey threatening to kill his girlfriend. So basically, they made a crappy documentary. Basically, what has happened, according to many, is it's a, like, redemption piece for Urban Meyer. In fact, Jim Weber said the film literally ends with Urban Meyer saying, quote, I'll never forget that day that I walked into the swamp and I thought, this is the place where magic could happen. And it did. Bro, we know those Florida teams were good. Just like we know the 1986 Mets were good. But I want to know what happened behind the scenes. And I don't know about you, Josh. I feel like that's how this has been promoted. And they're not going to give you any of that? That's terrible. And I'll tell you what. I, in watching the Manziel doc, I kind of was thinking about it through a different lens. They also try to kind of make old Johnny Manziel out to be a hero at the end of that. Johnny walked off the field and played his final game. You're like, eh. bro, they lost two more games. They had three games left in the year. This is not a happy story. Now, I'm glad that Johnny is healthy and that he overcame all of the issues that he had. But to, to basically tell us that this is going to be getting us all the dirt and we're going to spend it building up Urban Meyer, as the kids would say today, Josh Helmer, that ain't it.
So I don't know in your opinion if that changes anything or if you need to see it for yourself, but I have absolutely seen nobody, and I mean nobody, laying out by any stretch of the imagination how great that podcast was. Our podcast, listen to me, about how great that documentary was. Well, you've definitely convinced me that I don't mm-hmm. need to watch it because, uh, I mean, if there's no turmoil, if it's not really getting into, hey, there was some messy stuff here and there, I mean, look, you don't want to spend a ton of time on Hernandez. Okay, so be it. But you're not going to talk about any of the arrest or you know any of it? And then you're going to sell me that uh, it was – we get it. The, the football was, was really, really good. I mean, it was both, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not one or the other. It was both. That mm-hmm. was Florida football. I just don't get it. Yeah, that's uh, that's not very good for a documentary. Well, and I'm Urban Meyer, everybody, and hook them. See you guys. Yeah, exactly. I'm Urban Meyer. I love America. I love football coaching. This was a great time at Florida, and nothing went wrong. We'll see you next year. We'll see, Magic the, we'll see you on here. the Buckeyes documentary, everybody. Goodbye. Uh, so that was number one. And number two, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't care who the co-host is with Skip Bayless for Undisputed. And people that lose their minds fighting over it on Twitter, I'm not lying to you, bro. I've never watched any of the Fox Sports 1 debate shows. Never. I don't know who Nick Wright is outside of he's got hair. I've never watched the Emmanuel Acho show. Or Acho. <laughs> no, it's Acho. Acho. Um, or any of it. So the fact that people, Arnie Spanier, who for some reason just texted me, Arnie Spanier literally talks about it nonstop. It is like his favorite topic. What's the Stephen A. Smith meme? We don't care. Am I missing? I love media conversations, but I don't. I don't care about that. It's not a part of my daily routine. It's on, like the first takes on because we got TVs in the studio. But is that a big deal? And I'm just missing out here. I uh, no, I don't. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe maybe for some. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that show probably was, in terms of the ratings, not not the biggest hit, but. It was, like, all over social media timelines. I feel like most of the traffic of that show was on social media. Hey, did yeah. you see this? Here's a video right. clip. It's, that, it's like Josh Pate, whom we like, but I've never sat down and watched the full no. Josh Pate show. Is anybody watching the show? <laughs> but I've seen the clips. They do a great job of matriculating the clips everywhere. All right. Not enough of the ancillary. Enough of the outside top five stories today. Let's hit it. It's hour three already, and it's time for the top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, 12th, uh, 12th Avenue Southwest is our Newcastle Casino is. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I-44, exit 102. And you know, 14 table games, including Blackjack, Baccarat, they got the OTB that I'm a big fan of, and happy hour. Happy hour, Monday through Friday. Josh Helmer, as we speak at 11.10 a.m., I want to ask you a question. How long do you feel like we've done this show together? I think we're on like almost, what, seven, maybe eight years? 
Seven years at least, right? Yeah, it's sixteen. Uh, this would be our seventh or eighth. Right. My mom is calling me right now. In her defense, for a long time, it was uh, only until eleven. That's true. <laughs> Fair point. You know, so I, I hate Fair to, I hate, point. I hate to defend anybody calling That's true. You during know what? the program, but I will, I, I do have to say, technically, I'll wear it. All right, um, big story number five. Number five. Oh, man, I I hate, 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 hate to point this out. But last night was a really, really tough night for, well, my team. The Dodgers got smoked in Major League Baseball. But, Josh, how about what's going wrong with America's team, the New York Yankees. Ground ball to third in between up. Vargas has it. Off balance. Throw across the diamond. Is in plenty of time. And bang, Zuma. Curly W's in the books here at Yankee Stadium. And the Nationals out of their dugout to celebrate another victory. Bang, Zoom. A curly W. Have you ever tried to ride a cursive W? Not easy. Yankees have now won nine. Uh, <clears throat> Yankees have now lost nine straight games. Josh, that's a big niner, nine in a row that they've lost. Longest losing streak since. Do you know when? Yeah, I think it was what is it? Eighty three. Eighty two. Oh wow, wow. They fall to the Nationals two to one, and the interesting part of this, to me. It's not just that it's their first nine-game losing streak since 1982, but every team in Major League Baseball has had a nine-game losing streak over that stretch outside of the Yankees. Wow. And now, obviously, uh, they have – and they had some lean years at times, yeah. right? I mean, over the course of that. The uh, early 90s, right, weren't great. Mm-hmm. They were pretty bad. I mean, they were like a laughing joke on Seinfeld for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Because remember George Costanza, I think I could uh, be a general manager. He changed the uniforms. That's right. It's the it's the fabric that he went with. He wanted the nickname. No, T Bone wasn't with the Yankees. Uh, with the Yankees was the cowl zone, right? When he turned George Steinbrenner onto the cowl. Gotta zone. love that T Bone. All right. So from New York, I'll make sure that. TJ isn't listening when we point out the struggles that are taking place right now in Arlington. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Marino. And Gabby, a base hit right field. Nothing new with that swing by Marino taking the ball the other way. Guriel scores, and it's 2-0 Diamondbacks. Arizona would roll onto a 6-3 win. So this big story, number five, is all about streaking, Josh. Streaking. That is four straight wins for the Arizona Diamondbacks, which by... My very, very quick math is the second longest winning streak in Major League Baseball right now. Because do you know who currently has the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball? Oh, I, I imagine it's somebody out west. Robert, back up there. Munoz really bends to the waist, looks in the sign. Here's the stretch and the one-two on the way. Swing and a miss, strike three. And the ball game is over. The Mariners win at a final score of six to three over the White Sox here in Chicago. Yeah, not bad, right? Eight-game winning streak for the Mariners. They have two this year. Longest losing streak currently in Major League Baseball. You guessed it. The New York Yankees at nine straight. 
So having just spent the most time maybe that we've ever spent the top five stories of the day on baseball, the Texas Rangers lead in the West is down to a half game over the Astros and just a game over the Mariners. Meanwhile, the Yankees and the Mets are in DFL, and that's – well, actually, excuse me. The Yankees are in DFL. The Mets are a half game out of last. The two teams haven't finished in last place in the same season, I think, ever. Oh, man. Well, let's hope that happens. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, um, big story number four. Number four. If you find yourself, if you find yourself triggered by Caleb Williams' talk, earmuffs, just for a moment, Caleb Williams is doing that thing that every single quarterback that's going to get drafted tops overall does early in the season where he is telling people that he hasn't made up his mind about whether or not he's going to turn pro at the end of this year. Williams told Pete Thamel that basically he'll make an in-the-moment decision. Williams said of the 2024 NFL draft, quote, that's for sh- – that's for- Whoa, that's for sure now going to be an in-the-moment decision at the end of the year. It's my third year, and the dream and goal was to go three and out. Being around these guys and in college and enjoying it, we'll have to see at the end of the year. Hmm. Yeah, uh, stop it. (laughs) We know you're going pro. I know you do well in NIL, but we're not at the point yet or NIL money is sniffing top overall pick money. Why does this why do we fall for this every year too? Why am I talking you know he's turning pro. There's just no question. Now, Josh, it's interesting because it could be a little bit of a oh my gosh, I've been hearing that a couple of teams might be trying to tank and I sure as heck don't want to play in I don't know who's Tampa, right? Tampa's been talked about as a team. I mean, everyone wants to play for Vegas, so I don't know why he would even put it out there for that. But, yeah, um, that's the latest on Caleb Williams. This is just clickbait, right? I mean, he's totally turning pro after this year. It would be shocking if he came back to college football. It'd be great for college football. Sure. You know what? You're right. You're right. I, I will say it would be awesome for college football. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Meanwhile, speaking of something that's not awesome for college football, former USC running back Reggie Bush will now file a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA, according to his lawyers. The NCAA statement was issued to ESPN in response to an inquiry about the possibility of Bush having his records and participation restored in light of changes to name, image, and likeness, rules that went to an effect earlier that month. What do you think? Should he get his Heisman Trophy reinstated? Yeah, just give him the Heisman. I mean, he was clearly the best player. It's uh, I-, I know that he broke the rules at a time where it was different. And, mm-hmm. you know, sitting here and making the argument, well, look at name, image, likeness now. Well, that doesn't really apply because that wasn't the world we were living in. I just think in general he should be given the Heisman because he was the Heisman Trophy that year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, um, where are we? Big story number three. Number three. 
Oh my gosh. Hold on. Hold stop the show. Loco Ohio just sent the greatest text in the history of this program. This is from or this is in response to Caleb Williams. He writes, So he's letting the season play out. Sounds familiar. Harken back to the Alamo Bowl and the uh, massive announcement of I'll make a decision when it is all played out. I'm going to Hawaii to rest my mind. Well done, Loco, Ohio. Big story three. Got a lot of NFL stuff. We need to rush a bit here, uh, but we'll hit it at the bottom of the hour because I want to talk about, let's see, what all do I have here? I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers getting a start in the next game. I've got some Robert Sala stuff. And, oh, I I will mention this in three because Baker did get named the starting quarterback, and we heard from Baker Mayfield yesterday. Here's his coach, Todd Bowles. He can throw it. He's very smart. He understands football very well. He can read defenses. He's very good for the scheme we're using, as is Kyle. I'm not denying that either. But Baker is the guy we're going with right now, and we're comfortable with that. Mm, Okay. Fair enough. All right. uh, Big story number two. Number two. Now, this is another NFL story, but I made it number two because I guess it's kind of breaking. Where are we with Chris Jones, Josh Helmer? Where are we with big Chris Jones? I don't know that we're in a good spot, do you? In fact, let's hit on three holdouts. Chris Jones has continued his holdout, and he said he'll wait up until week eight. That's... And until then, he'll be willing to for, for, oh my gosh, forfeit his weekly game check, which is $1.1 million, and he said he would do it because, quote, I can afford it. So no new news there. Number two, number two, Jonathan Taylor has been given permission to go seek a trade. The Colts have said they want a first-round pick in return, which is hilarious because they don't want to pay him, but they want a first-round pick for him. And it seems like all the buzz around Josh Jacobs was kind of BS. Vic Tafer gave an opinion. I think he got aggregated. I don't think Josh Jacobs is any closer to joining the Raiders. But to circle back to Chris Jones talking holdouts here, beyond the the on-the-field stuff for the preseason, nothing much here, is there? No, unfortunately for uh, Kansas City's sake. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Boy, we've backloaded this a little bit, but let's at least hear from a couple of Sooner players, like Jonah Laulu after practice yesterday on how things are going. Uh, Throughout those practices, so I was probably trying to struggle to stay in the 260s area, 270. But right now I'm 290, so, you know, shout out to our nutrition staff, you know, and Coach Schmitty and the strength staff for helping me, you know, since day one in January since we came back. And they said, you know, switching over to DT. And so making that transition, I've been just working to uh, gain that weight the right way. How difficult. Someday I want to be able to say, gosh, I just can't stop losing weight. I'm kind of trying to put weight on here, and it's just not happening. I, need I think, to look, man, something. I'd love for each of us to live that life, but <laughs> I think that ship has uh, sailed. sailed. It's train left it's the station. Over. It ain't happening for either of us. And I did have to laugh because – Many times I hear people saying, I have not heard anything from Reggie Grimes. Well, we did yesterday. It's fine. 
Um, it's funny going against them because you know if, you, if, if I best one of them, all, if I best one of them this play, they're gonna come right back or something. And it's, it's a true back and forth game within the game kind of thing, man. So I think, man, our O line, I, I love those boys. You know I mean, I love them. it's a love hair relationship. You love them mm-hmm. on the field, hate them on the field, but man. It's just just seeing what they're about to do to people. It, it, it's it's so fun. I cannot wait for a lot to get out there. I just haven't heard from him and. You know, a lot of the defensive availability had been handled by the Billy Bowmans of the world. We've heard Bothroyd. We've heard some Ethan Downs, you know, Reggie Pearson. But I like the fact that we've heard a little bit from Reggie Grimes. Works for me. All right. um, Quick break. When we come back, the best of the text line right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Oh, I mean, literally, literally a fantastic group of texts that just hit. Let me clarify for LaDonna from Lubbock. The game time change was for soccer. If you, if you heard about a game, and there's been a lot of questions about, are we worried about the heat? Is, is there going to be anything shifted across the country with some of these crazy temperatures that are out there? I don't know about you, Josh. I think the answer to that question is no. Well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Are we about to exit the heat dome, or what's uh, the update? Well, we're out of the heat dome, but it's still going to be 100 degrees today, so I don't really know how (laughs) – I don't know how that heat dome really affected anything for us. That heat dome has moved on to, like, Ohio. But the, the time change, just so we're clear, because I want to make sure everybody gets out to see Matt Mott's team. But the start of the Thursday match for OU women's soccer against Arkansas Pine Bluff has been pushed to an 8 p.m. start. So if you had tickets to that game, 8 p.m. OU women's soccer Thursday night. There are no changes anywhere, anywhere, as it comes to college football, right? Nothing that we've seen. H- has that happened much in Oklahoma's football history? I don't think it's ever happened. And with TV kind of controlling things, I mean, it would – thunderstorms and things happen, right? So you can't really account for those. Sure, yeah. I mean, right? you got a lightning delay. You got a lightning delay. Can't do anything about that. I mean, it's gonna push it back thirty minutes. I don't know, dude. I don't think it's gonna be a. I don't think it's gonna be a situation where anything changes. Which game was it? And I think it was the two thousand season. Uh, which game was it at the very beginning that was so hot that people talk about? I think it was maybe like one hundred five or something at kickoff. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I feel like I've heard that. No, well, I mean, there's been a lot. I'm here to tell you right now that the the game against Florida Atlantic, you know, when Lane Kiffin was supposed to come in here and beat Oklahoma, remember that? Yeah, and then he did the other interview, and he's like, ah, well, let's not – I didn't say that, so you don't put that out there. We're going to get – we're probably not going to OU and winning. Okay, here, here's a couple of maybe positive updates, all right? Here's a couple positive updates. The 580 has sent me – I don't know who Mike is, but it's Mike seven day plus four. And I don't, 
I don't think I get Channel 4 anymore because they're in a dispute. I don't think that's one of the channels that I get, so I can't watch anything on NBC. But this basically says that it would only be 95 next Saturday. Quote, unquote, only be 95 next Saturday. But 102, 104, 107 on this Friday, 107 this Saturday, and 105 on Sunday. For some reason, there is, um, there is a ghost of Harold on this chart from Mike Morgan. But, yeah, that's not good. But it looks like we're getting a little reprieve early next week. Hopefully that will cool things down for Saturday. But the thing I saw, Josh, is the temperatures south of the Red River are ridiculous. TCU is playing an 11 a.m. game against Colorado. 103. Houston, 103. Texas, I think a little bit further south, it wasn't too bad. Houston and Texas were 99. Waco was 103, but Waco's playing at like 6 uh, Baylor's playing at like 6 o'clock. So I, I'm sorry, LaDonna. Oh, yeah, in the 405 rights, yes, the first game of 2000 was the hottest. I'm here to tell you right now, two games that I still to this day, and, and again, I wasn't on the sidelines in 2000, but in 20, 2017, is that right? 2018, Kyler's year, a Florida Atlantic game had me questioning all, all kinds of things about life. And then the year when Oboe went ham in the Red River rivalry, that OU Texas game was ridiculously hot. And that was the first Saturday or second Saturday in October. So I don't know. But I don't think you'll see anything shift. Thanks for making sure that I clarified that. Uh, let's see here. A lot on Reggie Bush, Josh. Are you surprised to see how people have such strong opinions about him getting his Heisman back? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but you know what? I, I guess there's some folks out there that just feel like the rules were the rules were the rules, and you break the rules – you don't get the trophy. To me, it's – I just – I get more in the camp of I get that he broke the rules, and I understand that. But to me, USC won a national championship, and he was the Heisman Trophy winner that season. So, you know, I get that there were some improprieties, but he was the best player in college football that year. If Bush should be given the Heisman, then I should be given a refund for my speeding ticket going 65 and a 55. Because that speed limit is now 65. That's from, that's from Vandalay and Norman. A fair uh, counterpoint. Fair counter for the 405. I don't think the Heisman higher-ups will agree to giving him the trophy back. Yeah, for some reason, this is a hill that despite a handful of Heisman winners who have you – know, I mean, Johnny Manziel went and basically told everyone – that he was taking cash payments while he was in college, right? He basically said, I would go to this hotel room, I'd take a key, they'd uh, have me sign these things, take a picture, send it to him, boom, go to this lockbox. <laughs> yeah, are we going to take his Heisman away? What's up with that? Sioux City Sooners. He writes, now after NIL, gates are open. Boz has eligibility and doesn't need to apologize for anything anymore. 
when my kids get in trouble, when I get in trouble, when Christopher comes out, right? And you all know I'm in trouble whenever someone's like, Christopher. So when I get in trouble, and when my kids get in trouble, we want them to apologize. Hey, you need to say you're sorry. I'm sorry, but do you always get a good apology, right? I guess I don't understand because it's a very fair point on the Boz thing. Boy, the NCAA is like smitten with demanding apologies. Did you, you know what I heard last night? In the, I was talking to Bernie Fratto about this, and Bernie's got some sources, peeps. When it comes to Michigan, that's a guy that has some dudes on the inside. And he said the NCAA, part of this is they're demanding an apology from Jim Harbaugh, and Harbaugh's like, no, nah, I ain't apologizing. And like, oh, well, we'll show you. Demanding apologies from Boz, demanding apologies from Bush. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the great line that I use on my kids quite a bit when I don't think the apology is sincere enough? You ready? Use this one. You're not sorry. You're not genuinely sorry. But you're sorry you got caught. Maybe that's what Reggie Bush should say. Sooner Soldier writes, no, Reggie Bush shouldn't get his Heisman back because it's about his character he knew what he was doing was wrong. Guess what? Breaking the rules that are still in place today is no different. Again, Josh, why have the, has the Heisman Trust not gone after Johnny Menzel then? Why don't they want his Heisman back? Well, and, and, you know, me, you're listening to someone that a lot of people would disagree on this take. I just don't like continuing to take people over the coals for mistakes that they made. And I get the rules of the rules. I think Pete Rose should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, to me, the the story of college football is Reggie Bush won the Heisman Trophy, okay? Mm -hmm. USC won the national championship. Trying to strip them from that, I just – to me, it's – it's, a, it's silly. It's trying to be this big moral code over the sport itself, and I'm just not down with that. I get that other people are, and, and you know, it is what it is. You, you have your stance one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right, Josh. You're absolutely right. Um, let's break. No, no, let me get this one from Jim and Edmund, and I want you to, to ponder it during the timeout. I fell into kind of a low-hanging fruit trap earlier. We were going over, someone asked off the text line, which has been kind of the driving force on the show today. So thanks for all of your great texts today. And also, going back to hour number two, uh, if you missed our conversation with Pick 6 Previews writer, publisher, reporter, editor, Brett Sianza, you'll find it on our podcast page in hour two, pick6previews.com. Thought it was really good. But someone had texted in right around that time, Josh, and they had brought up, will anyone ever catch, or how long would it take a team to catch Oklahoma's 14 conference championships in football? And as I was looking at the most, I realized Texas has three Big 12 championships, three. And yet everyone builds them up like they're set for the SEC and they're going to show everybody, and poor Oklahoma is just going to be lost in the mix. 14 to three. Jimmy and Edmonds, right? Where's Edmonds? Jimmy and Edmond writes, I have to say this. I heard you guys talking about Texas pick to win the Big 12 in playoffs. And OU will struggle in the SEC. Texas has not been much. In the 20 years, in the last 20 years, they might have had what? 
three good years? How many has Oklahoma had in 20 years? Playoff berths, Big 12 titles. I get last year, but this is not the same team this year. It was a bad year. And OU, it's a bad year if OU does not win 10 or more. Period. That's Jimmy and Ed. No team gets more grace nationally and honestly, it feels like within their own fan base than Texas. No team. I mean, my goodness. They, they could be one and two. It's like, well, those two losses, it's good teams. They're still a four-team playoff team. Why did I let myself fall in that trap today, Josh? Why? I'm, I'm triggered now the rest of the day. Trigger. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, I got more post-practice audio to get to. The text line has been really good. And we'll get some final thoughts as we head on the home stretch on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. I, uh, I had no idea the amount of reaction this had generated, Josh Helmer. Lightning rod topic, Reggie Bush. I have a bit for tomorrow's show, but I kind of feel like you should just jump on and say Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's this is our new, in case anything is not really generating response, we just, Listen, just bring up Reggie Bush. Uh, Steelman, Toby TJ. Teddy and Tyler, you know, I'm just telling you right now, if you ever, and I mean ever, need anything, um, just bring up Reggie Bush. <laughs> and you're good. And you're good. Uh, Tech Tina writes, the 2002 OU Bama game was miserable. I, uh, I've, we'll have to ask Teddy about that. I wonder if it's a different feel when you're out there as a player. Douglas Miles. By the way, Doug, congratulations. I was following your journey across America and taking your daughter down to Tallahassee for a freshman season. Really cool. I'm really happy for you. Um, I, know, I, I know you're sad. It, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I'm sitting here. My daughters are 9 and 14, and about every five minutes, I'm like, okay, can they uh, go to college? Go separate places? They don't fight like crazy? But I know as soon as they're gone, I'm going to be a miserable mess. Uh, Douglas writes, the hottest OU game on record was 2000 UTEP. 106 at kickoff at 6 p.m. And 108 in the pregame. Oh, my gosh. Well, Stats, Kelly, can you confirm? I mean, that's been the last week in Oklahoma. We've had a couple of days like that. Um. Boy, this is another good one as far as hot games are concerned. I think the hottest game I ever went to was the Blake years when OU beat Syracuse. Donovan McNabb threw up all over the field. People were dropping like flies in the stands. But, Plank, you ain't lying about that Florida Atlantic game. Oh, it was bad, man. It was bad. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying, guys, Sooner Steven writes, 
Second year, first time head coach, left-handed quarterback, hottest game in history, national championship. Really, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we were joking about how people tie those things together. Uh, for instance, it's 2023, right? Auburn's national championships or national championship appearances or championship caliber teams came in 83, 93, and I want to say either 03 or 13. I think it was 2003. So it's a year that ends at three. Look out. Here come the Tigers. Now, do you want it's to your, – it's your call. Do you want to dip your toe in these Reggie Bush takes? Well, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I like this one. Seth and Piedmont. Hear me out. I don't believe Reggie Bush should ever receive the Heisman Trophy for breaking the rules that were set at the time. However, if Johnny, uh, if Johnny Manziel gets to keep his Heisman – Reggie Bush should be allowed to have his back. Ask me, though, and neither should have it. Uh, The 405. Reggie Bush didn't do anything wrong. His parents did. He was punished because of association. It's of all the guys the most asinine. And then there is this from the 580. Cheating is okay? Kenny from the 405. If that's the case, then why have rules? Those were the rules at the time, and he and USC broke them. What say you, Josh? It's very split on the text line right now. I feel uh, it's more slanted toward absolutely not. He shouldn't Mm. have it back. Mm. But you are of the opinion, yes, give the man his trophy back. Yeah, I just, again... I, under, I understand the mindset, rules are rules, rules are rules, and hey, uh, don't condone cheating. But to me, I just feel like, you know, I mean, is that going to be a lifetime punishment? To me, that's silly, but hey, yeah. I, I, understand the, I understand the nuance of the situation. And then Cruton Therapist, as always, giving us a little therapy, takes us deep. He writes, in the secular world, forgiveness and redemption are usually reserved for those stories that will produce the greatest profit. Reggie deserves the Heisman for his play, but people won't accept it because it feels tarnished and like a famous person getting undeservedly more. Well, that's deep. That's deep. (laughs) Sorry, I keep saying that's the last word because they just pop in like crazy on the Reggie Bush fighting to get his Heisman back and really suing the NCAA. Uh, It was a communist rule anyway. The government condemning who can and cannot make money. That's not America. Currently Googling. I thought this was America. Randy Marsh, or Stan Marsh, excuse me, getting thrown out of his little kid's baseball game. Thought this was America. It's not America. Thought this was America. All right, we got a break. I'll put a wrap on the Plank Show next. Closing up shop. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer, Chris Plank. So happy to hang out with you all every single day. And, of course, final hour of the Plank Show brought to us by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, bonded Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma. They've been in business for over 35 years, 405-703-3843. The final word today, True Sooner. Good, uh, good morning, good afternoon. Take your pick. Uh, what's on your mind? 
man, that 2000 UTEP game that guy was talking about, that thing, man, at 6 o'clock at night, they were contemplating moving that game until later on in the night. It was so hot. It's the only game that I remember where they actually, I guess they had to talk to television or something. They were close to it or something. I don't know, but in they TV, were coming on. TV said, yeah. uh, no, you're going to get out there and suffer through this thing. Yeah, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock. It was like 110 at 6 o'clock. Hey, I was going to tell you real quick, this, this subject is fascinating to me on this ineligible stuff because I never know what I really there, – there's never a conclusion to it. It's like – I mean, I can see that there's so much gray area. It's like, okay, he is ineligible, but I saw it with my own eyes. But then I go back to, but he is ineligible. <laughs> I mean, you don't see NFL teams – you know, if you're not on the roster, you don't get to go play, right? So you're ineligible. I don't know. It's it just I, I bounce back and forth, and there's never ever closure to it. That's my problem. There's never there's so much gray area to it. Um, hey, thanks for the call, True. Appreciate hey, it. Man. Sorry, we're up against it. Sorry, I had to go run something. Now my dogs are freaking out. I don't think I want to do the show from home again, Josh. I think this was it. This is the last time. So much crap that goes on around it. <laughs> Wait, I got to do this. I got to do this. Hey, one prediction is coming true right now. Uh, I told you guys that there is no doubt in my mind that Hayes Fawcett graphic that features a commitment for a USC player with three Oklahoma guys on it. Yeah, it's uh, I told you that's going to be his most viewed graphic he's ever made. Yeah, it's not even close right now. I mean, he's got He's got like a million impressions. It's unreal. Oh, never mind. Hold on. There was an Alabama guy. Drake or Patrick's son has 11 million. Well, there's still time, Josh. There's still time. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy. Tomorrow, we'll be at Cavens Construction. CavensConstruction.com. For Josh on Plank. The show never stops on Twitter. At Plank Show. At Josh on Ref. At KREF Sports. See you tomorrow. Steel Man and Thune at noon next.